This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by our free goal-setting event, Take Back the Future. Discover how you can create a better 2021 no matter what. Claim your seat today at bestyearever.me slash future. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt-Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that's going to connect two things that you might not think naturally go together, but they do. And that is the relationship of your personal development or your personal growth with your company's growth and development. If you're not growing, you can't lead a growing team. And we're going to make that abundantly clear as we do a deep dive on that topic. So, Megan, welcome. What do you think about this topic? Well, I love this topic. You and I are both very passionate about our own growth, the growth of our team members, the growth of our company. So this is near and dear to our heart. But, you know, one of the things that we hear a lot from clients and prospective clients is that they want to see uh, accelerated growth in their business. You know, they, they want the results to be bigger and better and faster and all the things. And it's funny because usually what they go to is they need better business strategies is what they think at, at first right. blush. But actually, usually there's something in their own leadership that needs to grow that really is going to uh, be the accelerator in the future of their company. And that's one of the things we spend a lot of time on with our clients to help them discover. And so I think this is kind of like getting another lever or another tool in your toolbox that enables you to move the needle. So I'm excited about it. Well, this is congruent with kind of our presupposition that everything starts with the leader. That's right. You know, that's the first place to look is your own leadership. And the company's never going to rise above or beyond your own capacity to lead. So that's why this is important. It's kind of good news, bad news. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. The, The bad news is you're the problem. The good news is you're the solution. That's right. You can fix it. So I know that people are listening are thinking, okay, I'm excited about this. I'm pumped about growth too. And you're probably wondering what are some resources that you can tap into, which we'll talk in detail about more later. But we actually have a free resource that we want to tell you guys about because you don't want to miss this. Yeah. So we decided to put together a webinar. It's called Take Back the Future. We're very deliberate with that language because I think for most of us, We feel like somehow our future with, especially with the pandemic, somehow got outside of our control. Maybe we felt a sense of agency and then we were blindsided by this big, bad, ugly thing that we didn't have any control over. And for most of us, it felt like we lost our agency. We suddenly started drifting. We didn't really know know, how we could predict or control or influence the outcomes of our business and our personal lives. But what we're saying is it's time for that to stop. You know, if 2021 is going to be different than 2020, it's going to be because we take back control. We take initiative. We begin to design the future. And it's imperative that we do that. And this free webinar, I'm going to do a deep dive into that topic and help you do exactly that, to take back the future where you feel more in control, where you begin to become hopeful, and where you begin to dream again about what the future could be. And I don't know about you, Megan, but I think for for us, for a lot of our clients, that was one of the casualties of 2020. You know, suddenly those dreams evaporated. They, they just went into the ether and people were just kind of watching TV and waiting for the next thing to happen. We want to get on the other side of that and we want to help people do that. And it begins with a shift in our thinking, which we're going to cover in the webinar. Dad, I totally agree with that. And I think one of the things that happens when we're kind of in survival mode is we're very much in the present. You know, we're hyper hyper vigilant to the present. 
it's very difficult to be in the future. And it's funny, like, for a lot of us, the future kind of became scary and not exciting. And I think what we're trying to remind people of and really uh, re-energize people about is the future is actually good news. You know, that's where all the possibility is. That's where all your potential lies. And really, that's where your agency and control lies. You don't have to be in control of everything to be in control of the most important things in your life. So that's what this uh, free training, Take Back the Future, is all about. Um, if you'd like to join that, you can go to lead to dot win slash take back. And there'll also be a link in the show notes. So if you just want to go to that and click on it, you can register again. It's free. It's going to be about an hour and 15 minutes long. And I think it will really give you a sense of control and hope as you move into 2021. So I want to start with a story on this topic of personal growth. So several years ago, we sponsored a conference. We were at the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs, and we had about a thousand people in our audience there. It was a great conference. And one of the speakers, who's a close friend of mine, we were talking about the year that we had had. And so this was in December. We were looking back over the past year. She said that she had had an incredible year, her best year ever. I said, we kind of had had the same thing. But then she said, you know, I'm beginning to wonder do I need to grow this this next year? Is it important for me to grow this next year? And I'm asking myself the question, again, this was her talking. She said, I'm asking myself the question, when is enough enough? So I I sat there for a minute and thought about it. And I said, you know, I, I hope that enough is never enough. Not because I need more stuff. I don't need more money. I don't need more toys, but I want to grow. And I think it's essential for my own personal development, for my team's dreams, for what I'm trying to accomplish in the world, that I continue to grow. And so it, it became very clear to me at that moment why growth was not just desirable, but why it was an imperative if you're going to stay healthy, if your team is going to stay healthy, and if you're going to have that impact that you want to have in the world. That's what we want to unpack in today's episode. Dad, one of the uh, most helpful perspectives on this comes from our friend John Maxwell, who uh, has kind of coined this idea of the law of the lid, which says that leadership ability is the lid that determines a person's level of effectiveness. In other words, your potential to achieve success is capped according to your ability to lead. Kind of like what I said at the beginning of the show, this is kind of a good news, bad news thing. The good news is if we are intentional about our growth, then really our own personal growth and the growth of our, our businesses is limitless to some degree. Yeah, it totally is. And the business can never rise above our level of leadership. Mm-hmm. And so the best way to hold your business back, if you want to put a lid on the business growth, if you don't want to scale, just stop growing personally. Right, right. You know, so that's really what that whole idea is about. I think it's incredibly relevant to this discussion. I think it is too. You know, you and I yesterday had lunch and we were talking about a, a certain change initiative that I'm working on in the company that I'm trying to get people excited about and roll out. And of course, inevitably, anytime you roll out any change in an organization, there are challenges. You know, there are practical challenges, there are uh, mindset challenges, all kinds of things. And you really challenged me because I I was expressing my frustration with like, I just... I, I just like want people excited about this. I want to be successful at it. And and you, you said to me something like, well, I think you have some leadership work to do. <laughs> and, and I was kind of like, oh man, like I, in this moment, I kind of want to blame it on somebody else. But the truth is you were right. You know, there were, um, in, in this case, I had not communicated my vision for the project 
not only explicitly enough, but frequently enough to enough people, uh, answered enough questions. You know, like I just, I hadn't done the visionary work at the level that I needed to. I was really focused on execution, but I had kind of missed the vision piece in its entirety or, or I had kind of missed, um, you know, completing the vision piece and therefore I didn't have the alignment that I needed to ultimately successfully execute. And I think that's a good example where for me to be successful and to take the company somewhere that we haven't been before, I have to grow in my own leadership. I have to become a better visionary leader, a better and more compelling communicator, uh, better at answering people's um you know, objections and challenges, uh, folding those in, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I, at this point, I have a decision to make, you know, am I going to take a stand for the change that I want to see in our company around this issue? Or am I just going to kind of say, well, I guess it's not going to happen. And therefore, like, I'm choosing not to grow and, and the company won't grow as a result. Yeah, exactly. You know, part of the reason I was able to identify that yesterday with you is because I had just had this conversation. I didn't share this with you yesterday, but I just had this conversation with a leader last week in a one-on-one coaching session where he was complaining about the fact that he wasn't getting buy-in from his team for something he really wanted to, to make happen. It was, it was a major, major change initiative. And he said, I don't know if I need new people. I don't know if they're up to the task. And I said, well, let me just give you another opinion. I said, the question is, are you up to the task? Mm -hmm. Because it sounds to me like you've got to grow in your ability to sell that vision. And I said, you know, I don't think this takes any special power, but honestly, I don't even think you've tried. And I'm not directing this to you, Megan. I was directing it to him. I said, I don't even think you've tried. You haven't expressed, for example, your why. You haven't done the work to come come up with a, a compelling presentation, including slides, that would make this a no-brainer and would make it irresistible so that they just automatically signed on. This is a selling thing, and you've got to grow in your ability to sell because leaders, increasingly, as they as they take on new things, have got to be able to sell it to other stakeholders if it's going to happen. You know, and I think in every business, you come to that point where you transition from you being able to make a decision, and then it just happens. Maybe you're a solopreneur, or maybe you have a very, very small company, but once you get a team you just can't, you know, sort of use the old fashioned, old school command and control because everybody on your team at some level is a volunteer. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, it's, it's actually frustratingly true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the good old days when you could just like, you know, wiggle your nose and make things happen sounds so great, you know, because it is it's much harder work. And I really feel like as leaders, we have this this fork in the road of are we going to rise to the challenge and develop those skills of influence and persuasion and, and visioneering, which is hard work. I mean, it's really, it's funny. People often think, you know, young leaders often think, man, if I could just do, you know, what the CEO is doing or the, you know, my direct supervisor is doing, that would be amazing. You know, it's just all strategy and vision and whatever. As it turns out, that's pretty tough work. You know, it's not what you think when you're kind of looking from the outside in, but that's the decision to make, you know, are we going to grow and therefore the company, can go to the next level, or are we just going to be limited by the skills that we have today? It's sort of like, this is what I've got, it's fixed, and it's not going anywhere. You know, before we get too much further, let's talk about the reasons for growth. You know, we've talked about sort of in general terms, but what are some of the reasons to continue to grow? Like I was telling my friend after that conference several years ago, why I felt like it was important to grow, but let's talk about that and unpack it just a little bit. What are some of the reasons you see? Well, I mean, to me, the most compelling reason that I want our business to grow, like you were talking about in, in that conversation with our friend, 
is it's not just about the financial results. That's great. You know, and certainly there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's a lot to be excited about. But it's actually what gets me excited is who we're becoming along the way. You know, for yes. example, um, I've set a really big stretch goal for this year for the company, a financial goal. And the truth is we don't need the extra money. It's not it's not really mission critical that we have that. Um, however, the, the reason that I ended up setting that goal was because I knew that the people who started to work on that goal uh, back in April, we actually set it in April, um, would not be the same people who accomplished that goal on December 31st. That by virtue of setting a goal that big, we would have to grow into it. We would have to become different people. We would have to innovate. We would have to reach uh, for our potential and grow in areas that otherwise would be unattended. And that's what got me excited. You know, the thing that I love more than anything about leading our team is discovering new uh, and bigger levels of potential and helping people uncover those in themselves. And there's nothing like a really aggressive growth goal um, to to call things out of you that otherwise you would have no reason to do. It's it's kind of like uh, you're just not going to get out of your comfort zone unless you have to. And that's what we kind of artificially create with a big goal or growth. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that's why we've talked about so many times the value of setting your goals in the discomfort zone. Yeah. All the really good stuff in life happens in the discomfort zone. You know, when you move outside of your your current capacity, your current ability and you have to encounter new problems. You have to think differently. You have to, you know, achieve a breakthrough in some way, but you become a different person. Mm -hmm. And every time that happens, every time there's that breakthrough personally, the organization uh, benefits. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I, I totally agree with that reason. I think another reason too, is that your team members have goals, right? Right. You know, and they've got financial goals. They've got goals in terms of what they want to be able to achieve in the world, Maybe they, they want to move more into their desire zone and do more of what they love. All that requires is your company to grow. You know, your company right. has to grow so that there's new opportunities for people to move into. And I love creating opportunity for people. So that's another, another reason growth is imperative. And then I would say also, finally, just your impact in the world. You know, if you're really doing something significant that you believe in, you really want to have an impact in the world. I mean, I think for most people today, and I know this is true for millennials and those who are younger... You know, it's not just enough to get a paycheck. You know, it's they they want to make a difference. They want to have a purpose that transcends that. Surely they want to make a paycheck. And as you said, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I, I think it's not enough. Yeah. And so to, to be able to expand the impact that your company's having in the community means that you've got to be growing. Okay, so let's talk about some of the biggest areas of growth that we've seen over the years, uh, maybe for the company, for ourselves. Um, I think that would be helpful in illustrating what some of these areas look like. So what do you think for you? What are some of the biggest areas you've grown? Well, I think one of the biggest areas, frankly, is self-awareness. Hmm. I think I I was blissfully unself-aware for most of my career. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I had five daughters. <laughs> And that uh, parenting that, is so humbling. <laughs> parenting is so humbling. It really is. But but I think what I what I realized is that I wasn't always aware of how I was coming off, and I didn't always have a lot of people around me that would tell me. And I think one of the biggest benefits of hiring a coach, as I did twenty years ago, was that it was somebody who was willing to tell me the hard truths about how I come across, how I communicate what I create just by my leadership style and all of that. And I've told the story on this 
podcast before, but a simple thing of just not smiling yeah, led people to be fearful of encounters with me because they just kind of assumed that I was always angry or always frustrated and it made people uncomfortable. I was mm-hmm. completely, completely unaware of it. And so, and by the way, learning how to smile is not as easy as it sounds. No, it's not. You know, I, I had to have repeated reminders of that very thing. Or, or here is another one, cutting people off in conversations. And honestly, I'm still working at that. Mm. And I would say that if, you know, if, if our family has one sort of cultural issue, <laughs> we get really excited when we're together. We love being together, but we tend to talk over the top of each other. We do sometimes. And we don't let conversation happen like it should. But, but I think, again, our leadership goes to a next level when we become self-aware. So self-awareness, I, I am totally at work in process. Yes. I've still got so far to go. One of the reasons why you and I both like assessments is because it gives us that sort of reflective gaze to see ourselves from the outside in and see how we're being perceived by other people. Yeah, I think that's so true. I, and I love a good assessment. Okay, so something for me on this is mindset. So this is something I've really been working on in the last several years. And it's one of the things that I think most of us are also unconscious of. You know, this is kind of go into that big bucket of, of things that we don't think about very much, our thinking. And what I've discovered is that when you're thinking about optimizing your performance, when you want to grow and show up as a leader in a different way, um, really going to work on your thinking is one of the most powerful things you can do because as we shared in one of our recent episodes, your thinking is what sets you up to take certain kinds of actions, which ultimately leads to predictable results based on those actions. And so if you really want to have access to better solutions and more powerful or empowering actions, you have to get more empowering thinking. And um, you know, if, if you haven't had much exposure to this topic, you probably think that your thinking is is the same thing as the facts, you know, that it's a fixed thing that what you think about a situation is, is the same thing as the situation. And actually it's not, it's your, the story you're telling yourself about a situation. Mm -hmm. And what I found over the years is that there are uh, ways of talking in our own head that are really empowering and lead to uh, great actions that lead to great results. And there are really disempowering ways that we can think that cause us to take actions that lead to results we don't like at all. And I think if you're um, someone who, like most of us, have found yourself kind of scratching your head about, I really don't like those results very much, you know, the, the access point that can be the most powerful is in your thinking. So that's been a huge area of growth for me over the last few years. Okay, so another area of growth for me, and this sounds obvious, I probably should have learned this as a kid, but most kids don't learn this, and that is taking responsibility for my outcomes or my results. And I think there's sort of this cultural tendency, and I certainly had this tendency individually, and that is to find something or someone else to blame. Mm. So when I wasn't getting the results, it might be as general and as ambiguous as, well, it's the economy. You know, the reason my company's not growing or the reason we're not as profitable or the reason why we didn't hit the budget was because of the economy or trends in our industry or something outside of my own control. Instead of taking responsibility for myself and saying, but wait a second, the the, the environment's always going to be challenging. Mm -hmm. That's why leaders get paid is to navigate that and deliver results in spite of it. Mm -hmm. So learning to always start with myself and taking responsibility for the results and and sort of do that inner work before I start pointing fingers or trying to solve problems outside of myself has been a huge 
learning for me. And it's a continual learning because I'll, I'll occasionally find myself even now where I'll, I'll be pointing to something outside of myself. And the problem with that is when I point to something outside of myself, all my power evaporates. Right. It's not that there isn't responsibility outside of yourself. There is. That's right. So it's not that we're doing some kind of like masochistic, you know, I'm always wrong and everything's my fault kind of perspective. It's not that at all. It's just that there's nothing you can do about other people necessarily. You don't have direct control. You might have influence, but you don't have control. That's right. And so if you start with yourself, you know, that's, that's one thing that we pretty much have total control over. Mm-hmm. You know, we can change our thinking. We can change our words. We can change our behaviors and get an, a different outcome as a result. Yeah. Another area for me that is more hard skills than soft skills is financial management. So I don't have a financial background at all. In fact, I think my high school uh, math teachers would be um, floored to know what I'm doing now, (laughs) that I spent a lot of time uh, in spreadsheets and math and all the things. Um, But I really had to learn that. I I kind of jokingly say that I have an MBA that was homeschooled, you know, that I've I've just kind of learned in real time on the job. And it's been um, an awesome learning experience. I have loved, loved, loved learning the financial part of our business. I really enjoy that part of my work. Um, Surprisingly, you know, surprisingly, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, if I would have loved it. Um, But that's an area where it was really critical for me to grow if I was going to lead our business into the future. I had to become conversant financially. I had to be able to understand all the financial aspects of the business so that I could lead our um, CFO and you know other members of our finance team. So anyway, um, I've, I think that has been a really neat part of the growth that I've had over uh, the last 10 or so years. And uh, I hope to continue to develop in that area. And it, and it just goes to show you that you can learn Almost anything. Almost anything. Yeah. You can figure it out. Okay. So what do you think are the greatest obstacles to a leader's growth? This is such a good question. Um, I think the biggest obstacle is our own mindset. Um, I think that's good. I think our, our thinking gets in the way of our growth all the time. What we think is possible to learn or what we think is necessary to learn, which is based on, you know, kind of our assumptions about the world, really can help us or hurt us. You know, so for example, if you assume that you can't learn something because you don't have a degree in it, or you don't have formal education, or you weren't good at it, you know, previously, like in my situation with the financial management, you know, I don't have a financial background. Uh, I was not good at math, uh, you know, in school. You know, if I just thought, well, I mean, I, I can't ever, I could never be CEO of a company because I'm not good at math. You know, as it turns out, I'm actually pretty darn good at math. It just needs to be in a spreadsheet. <laughs> you know, yeah. that was the missing piece for me growing up. Um, and I think that uh, that can really help you or hurt you what you think is possible. So another obstacle I think is, and this is kind of a mindset issue, but but a lot of leaders feel like they don't have time. Oh yeah, that's a good one. You know, I'm just so busy running the business that there's no time for personal professional development. Well, as Daniel Harkavy and I say in the book, Living Forward, what gets scheduled gets done. Yep. And it, it doesn't happen. You know, you're never going to just, you know, suddenly one afternoon say, Hey, I've got an hour's free time. Right. So I think I'll just engage in some personal (laughs) or professional development. It doesn't work that way. No. But when you put it on your calendar, when you highly value it and treat that commitment, like you would treat any other commitment and really make time for it, then all of a sudden all kinds of things can become possible because it doesn't mean that you have to stop everything, you know, leave for a one week seminar and engage in 
personal and professional development. Though I've done that in the past, you've done that, that in the past, and that's a, that's a great way to do it. But it can be incremental. You know, it could be as simple as, like right now, I'm taking about 45 minutes every morning as part of my morning routine to read. Mm-hmm. So like this is a new thing that I just, I've done this in the past before, but I just re-engaged with this, reading a book, and I'm moving steadily through the book that, that, that I'm reading right now. So it could be done incrementally, but just an hour here, an hour there, those things stack up and really add up. Okay. So I have to tell you about my experience with coaching because this is exactly why I have hired a coach. I'm a part of a coaching program um, and it's been super valuable for me. So, you know, my day-to-day work in Michael Hyatt and company uh, has a lot of operational focus. It's very busy. I'm in meetings all the time. You know, I'm not like sitting around in a reflective place very often. You know, that's not really the nature of my work. So in other words, personal and professional development is not going to fit easily into my workday or just sort of the normal flow of what I'm doing, um, you know, in a given week. What I have found, though, is that if I schedule it, to your point of if you schedule it, it gets done, that by being in a coaching program where I have at least quarterly, if not monthly, commitments or um, workshops or intensives that I'm a part of, that's like a date with myself. And because I've invested significantly, you know, the coaching program that I'm a part of is about $35,000 a year. So it's a big, big investment. And because of that, I'm not missing those meetings, you know, like we uh, schedule around those so that there's no way I'm going to miss it. I'm there. I'm fully present. I'm attentive. It's, you know, been virtual, of course, for quite a while now. Um, But I clear my calendar when I when I do that. And every single time when I show up to those meetings, I have some kind of amazing breakthrough. I have some area of my leadership that I discover I, uh, you know, have the opportunity to grow in or some other kind of opportunity. And it is so valuable. But if it wasn't on my calendar, if I just said, well, I'll just kind of do that in an independent study, you know, sort of way, it would be so much harder to do that in the midst of my busy life. Um, I've kind of automated it, though, by joining a program. It just shows up on my calendar and I know I got to be there and my assistant's already blocked the time and, you know, I go. Well, and the benefit is the company continues to grow because you're bringing back from those sessions solutions, insights, breakthrough ideas that make a tangible difference in this business. Well, and I know, you know, we're on track to have our best year ever in the middle of a pandemic with many pivots that we've had to make. It has not been an easy year. It's been a very challenging year, but we're on track for our best year ever. And I think that is a direct result of my commitment to grow and set that time aside and then come back and have new resources to pour into the team. You know, we we didn't really talk about this in terms of, um, you know, what are the benefits of growth, but the challenges that we're facing as leaders today are different and bigger than they were two years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. The solutions we need are different, you know? And if we're not growing, we don't have anything to bring back that's fresh, you know, to meet those challenges. And that's one of the things that I feel like is so valuable about making this commitment to your growth and especially coaching as a solution for that is I can guarantee that at least four times a year, I'm going to come back with like a fresh haul from the store. You know, (laughs) I'm going to have fresh things to bring to the team, fresh perspective, fresh way of looking at the problems that we're facing and opportunities that we're facing um, so that I have something to contribute. And I think that's really valuable. Yeah. And if your business is growing, and I've said this to our entire team before, you've got to grow as well. That's right. You can't be the same person next year that you are this year, because if your business is growing, there are going to be new problems new challenges, new obstacles that you have to overcome. You can't afford to just tread water, 
or get comfortable with the status status quo. You know, you, you might be able to do that in some jobs, but if you want to be part of a growing company and you want growth for your company, you've got to do the work of getting in the discomfort zone first if you're going to bring your uh, company along. Yeah, well, we're kind of at the part of the year where we're all, you know, if you're on a traditional calendar fiscal year, you're, you're probably finishing up your budget. Maybe it's already done for next year. You have some idea of the revenue that you're going to project in 2021. And if you think about what that is compared to this year, what, what the growth percentage is, and then you ask yourself, you know, what kind of leader is going to make that 2021 number possible? And then you ask yourself, how is that different from the person that's sitting in my seat today? You know, that's a good way to kind of think about what your growth trajectory needs to look like. When I think about that for our company, we're projecting some significant growth next year. You know, there's some specific ways that I'm going to need to grow in order to meet those challenges, um, especially as we continue in a primarily uh, remote work environment um, that I've got to attend to or we're not going to get there. Well, it's as simple as, and this is, I think is a fitting metaphor. You know, I was doing a project recently and, um, it was a it was a home project and it was in the garage and it was involving tools that I didn't have and I had to go to Home Depot and buy some tools that I didn't have for this particular electrical job that I wanted to do. And that's kind of the same thing here. Yeah, you got exactly. a project where you want to build 2021 to be a different year than 2020. It may require that you get different tools. Mm-hmm. You got to have a different tool belt altogether. Well, I think this is an appropriate segue to talk about an action plan. Yeah. Where do you get started for growth? And you and I have identified three steps here. They're really simple, but just kind of as a takeaway for this episode. So let's go through those one at a time. Yeah. So number one is to identify where you need to grow. So when I was just talking about that idea of, you know, look ahead to 2021 and what you want to accomplish and what does that leader look like and how is that different from the leader you are now? That's a good way, kind of a a back in the napkin diagnostic to understand what some of your growth edges need to be. Where do you need to be focused? And that's best understood in view of a goal or in view of a future you're trying to create. Yeah, exactly. Which kind of sets us up for the second takeaway, which is to set goals. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Setting goals is how we create the future. That's why we harp on it over and over again. It's why I've got a course called Your Best Year Ever. It's why I've done a book on that topic. And that's why, by the way, we're doing that free webinar, Take Back Your Future, because goal setting is a way that we begin to imagine and to make what is kind of not concrete, concrete and visible so that we can tackle it. So setting goals is not just you know, so some productivity geek thing, some, you know, high achiever thing. No, it's how anybody creates the future. You know, whether you're the president of a country or you're the president of an organization or you're leading a department or you're just trying to lead your family better, setting some goals is a way to get clear about the future you want to create. And just a reminder, if you want to join that webinar again, it's free. You can just go to lead2.win slash takeback. Okay, let's go to the third one. What's the third and final step here? So the third and final step is to fast track your growth with a coach. And this is kind of my favorite one because I think this is where personally I've seen the greatest gains, you know, the the biggest ROI, so to speak, has been in hiring a coach. I've had a coach for quite a while now and different coaches actually over the years. And um, I, I think a coach is the best way to go further faster. You know, if you're trying to accelerate your growth, you don't want to kind of go through school of hard knocks and trial and error and all that kind of stuff. The best thing you can do is to find somebody who's been where you want to go 
and have them advising and coaching you. Um, that's exactly why we developed our business accelerator coaching program uh, for that exact reason, because we thought, man, we have learned so much about scaling high growth businesses and we want to help our clients get to where we've gotten to and beyond without the mistakes and the pain along the way. They can really circumvent a lot that a lot of that through the coaching process. Yes. And I think sometimes people feel like they can't afford a coach. Yeah. And I just want to speak to that for a moment because I certainly, I, I probably spent two years before I hired a coach 20 years ago thinking I can't afford that. I can't afford it. But here's what I didn't realize and what I understand fully now. There's a cost to not having a coach. Right. In fact, it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. Here's what it means. It means it's going to take longer to get the results you want. You're going to have to go down more, you know, uh, blind alleys, cul-de-sacs, dead ends, and, you know, sort of trial and error, figure it out. That's very expensive. So there's, there's, there's a cost to not getting a coach. So, and a coach can be simple. It doesn't have to be even become part of a coaching program. I mean, whether it's a podcast or going to YouTube, oh my gosh, the things you can learn on YouTube today, there's nothing you can't figure out almost on YouTube. But, you know, ultimately, you know, I think the in-person coaching is the best thing. But if you can't afford that, don't just, you know, kind of hold coaching at arm's length and think you can't do it. There's all kinds of levels of coaching that you can could engage if you want to go further faster. Yeah. I mean, I think the the big idea is that somewhere someone knows how to do the thing that you don't know how to do today, but you need to learn. And that's really where coaching comes in, whether it's formal coaching, you know, executive coaching, group coaching, one-on-one coaching, those kind of things like what we offer with Business Accelerator for business owners and senior executives, or um, something that's maybe less traditional if that's not where you are in your life right now. There's so many options. In fact, it's never been a better time to find a coach and accelerate your results and your growth uh, than it is right now. Okay, so again, just to summarize, when leaders grow, companies grow. And you can take three steps to get there, to really grow. Number one, identify where you need to go. Number two, set goals. And number three, fast track it with a coach. Megan, any final thoughts? The thing that I love about this topic and, and really um, highlighting the idea of growth is that growth is its own reward. I mean, sure, bigger results in our businesses and, you know, in our work are awesome, but making meaningful progress toward uh, a goal or something that you care about is where happiness comes from. It's not actually achieving the goal. It's, it's what happens on the way to the goal. And that's really what we're advocating here for. And I think the steps that we've given um, hopefully break this down and make it really practical. And I would just encourage you guys to, to jump on it and do it. Make friends with growth. It's awesome. Excellent. Megan, thanks for joining me in this conversation. Thank you guys for listening. I hope it was helpful. Until next time, lead to win. This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by our free goal-setting event, Take Back the Future. Discover how you can create a better 2021 no matter what. Claim your seat today at bestyearever.me slash future.